Welcome back for another episode of Arthritic Bourbon Bikers. We are still in Florida, obviously. Finishing up two weeks over the Christmas New Year holiday, enjoying the warm weather. What are we going to talk about today, Jer? I got to take one one issue with with the fact that we call it bourbon bikers, but there's not been any bourbon on this trip. There has not. It's been <laughs> vodka and rum and lots of other things, but there's been not hardly any bourbon. Even though we've seen a few places that had bourbon, but it's yeah. just not as prominent in the drinks here. Yeah. yeah. So we've been partaking of whatever the local spirits are. Yeah. And vodka seems to has one, have one out. Vodka and rum is one out in this trip. So yeah. yeah. So there's that. Thought I'd just clear the air. Yes. On that. Uh, well, kind of with the la- this is our last full day. Yep. And I uh, thought maybe we could just wrap up some of the thoughts about the our experiences with the bikes on this trip, because it's not like the other stuff we've done before. The right. Other types yes. Of trips. That's true. That's true. We've used it as a commuter type of situation. Yes. Hauling cargo. Yeah. Thing. So I guess a little background, maybe if folks aren't familiar with what we're doing here this is two weeks we're on little gasparilla island and this is an island you can only get to by water taxi or boat of some sort there's no um, there's no real bridge or anything or not even really a ferry to this part of the island you have to take a water taxi basically and so the idea for most people is they they either have a boat or they bring a lot of provisions with them mm-hmm. and then stay here for the week and then go home but yeah. we've got five teenage boys yeah from ages 15 to 20 20 yeah mm-hmm. who uh let's just say they're solid most of them are solid eaters and <laughs> then we've got four adults um yeah with the wives here with us and so we've got nine people we're feeding and we're in a two-story house yeah um a lot of food basically so we did go by the grocery store and kind of stock up for one big run but you, you know there's only so much you can carry in one load when you're taking a water taxi so yeah they limit the cargo they limit the passengers yeah, yeah. and it's not cheap you know it's an expensive endeavor yeah it's it's basically you know ten dollars a person one way one way and that has to all be scheduled um, you can't just, it's not, it doesn't just run all the time. You have to actually coordinate with someone to make that happen. Unlike a traditional ferry that might have hours where they run back and forth all the time. So what was the idea then? Basically you kind of <laughs> scoped this out. You've been here before. It's my first time here. Yeah. But you've been here before. What was the idea when you kind of scoped this out? Yeah, I actually a few months ago was in the area and just drove up to the, to the ferry, uh, up to the North Island. This is really kind of connected and talked to them. And I did a little bit of reconnaissance at the marina where the water taxi is and um, kind of hatched a plan that we would get all of us over here with our luggage and the bikes and one, one round of food and drink and stuff. And then if it were possible, we could uh, take the bikes with a bunch of bags and go up to the north part of the island. And then uh, there's a stretch of beach where you have to, that's pretty much the only way to get there mm-hmm. is on the beach. Uh, and then uh, take the ferry and see if we could just restock that way. Yeah, so what you've got are two islands that are kind of connected, but the only, this one stretch, the only way they're connected is by beachfront. And, and maybe rest, some swampy stuff, perhaps. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a bunch of just swamp and water and stuff in a kind of a state park. 
But from here to that ferry, from this location to where that actual ferry is at, even if you went all the way down this beach, it's five mi- It's roughly five miles. Yes, five miles. Almost exactly five miles, actually, to get to that ferry. So anyway, the idea was is that could we utilize the bicycles, yeah. navigate that beach section to get to that ferry, which runs regularly up until like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Even. Yeah, on the weekends uh, later the weekends hours. later hours. And use the bicycles to bring back food, but also to provide some adventure so we could do day rides and kind of go out and see things that were out there. So that was kind of... Yeah, it turned out to be pretty fun, too, you know. Uh, Used the different bags, the the panniers, the just dry bags, strapped them on there, got Mm -hmm. some handlebar bags. Uh, Used the cages on the front fork. That was fun. It's always an adventure there. Um and so I think it was a success. I think we did pretty well with that. We carried some serious cargo back. Um, lots yeah. of lots of weight that we were able to really cycle on the beach with, too, for right. the most part. Yeah, yeah. So, But the adventures you talked about, you know, that's worth really, I think, talking a little more about. Yeah, carry on. You're going to hear some noise in the background. There's yard work and tree trimming and all kinds of things going on here, so apologize if there's noise, yeah. but... Carry on. Well, so we're by Boca Grande, which is a an, uh, an island that's uh, historically relevant, I think. But um, it's nice down there, you know, higher-end homes, and that has a bridge. And so we rode there a couple times. Uh, I bought some earrings for my wife, and we had some lunch and saw a couple of lighthouses. Yeah. State Park. Yeah, you kind of go over a toll bridge yeah. there to get to Bo- Boca Grande, and then you... Um, it's it got some really great paths to ride. So a lot of what you see here is really nice bike lanes on the highways, or they'll have really wide biking pedways is what I kind of mm-hmm. call them that yeah. are made for bikes and people walking. Now, when you get to Boca Grande, though, it's like cart path. So the big yeah. thing are golf carts. Everybody just driving golf carts that has a separate path for the golf carts that's off the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really nice, paved, blacktop. Yeah, uh, top notch. Pretty easy riding, but so w- one of the things though that kind of comes to mind for me is that we've had the full expanse of mixed surfaces here. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. everything from uh, what the lady had called it sugar sand mm-hmm. the other day was the term she used. Just we're talking powdery, light, white, fluffy sand all the way to sort of hard pack mm-hmm. to even in the state park that we were riding through some to get to the ferry to get across to the mainland there were even areas where there were cactus and sandburrs and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff uh, that you had to encounter to gravel yeah to pavement sidewalk yeah and even through water right so water. we had some standing water on the island and uh, if you you have to get down into the packed sand in some cases, and the and the, and the surf is coming up, yeah. And so that's really when you're going to get sand in your in your workings. But the other thing at the the state forest, the sandy stuff, there were patches of that that were just laced in with pine needles, and it made almost like a net. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, one day we did a ride out to the uh, the state forest area. Uh, Mayaka River, right? Yeah. It's the Mayaka State Forest is what it's called. Mm -hmm. We rode out there and 
and then there's a bunch of trails that you can ride, kind of double trackish. Yeah. You know, sometimes a little rougher than double track in yeah. places because they have yeah. a lot of wild boar here that just tear up yeah. the areas, the roads, the sides of the roads. I mean, it just yeah. looks like someone took a shovel and turned up sand upside down for large patches yeah too. long long Oops. periods of time and so you have to ride over that and so we <laughs> rode all the way back into there into the river yeah. uh, where there were some campsites and stuff and kind of made a circle and then sort of had to sneak up under a, a fence to get out from underneath there and get out on a road and all kinds of adventure yeah. but that was fun but i guess the point is is that you need to be prepared for mixed surfaces if you're going to do something like this because when you get out on that sand you're going to need tires that are a little bit wider, a little bit more traction. Um, Let the air out. Deflated, as we learned. As you, if you listen to the yeah. last podcast, you know that we figured that out. Um, it's really, it really is mixed surface. And you're going to get on uh, a ferry, and mm-hmm. you're going to be on blacktop for a while, and sidewalks yeah. for a while. And so our kind of daily journey was usually somewhere between. 30 and 40 miles just on average mm-hmm. each day we try to do kind of like 30 <clears> to 40 <throat> mile adventure uh to go kind of see something then on the way back we would come back by a supermarket yeah hit the uh, hit the, the public quartermaster <laughs> and pick up provisions and so the ladies would send us a list that we'd either like have a list prepared the night before or they'd text us the list of the um items that need to be picked up <laughs> And we successfully brought home the largest grocery run that I've ever seen on bicycles, personally. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. other people have done it, but that's personally the largest run I've seen on bicycles. We had a load. It was a giant cart full of... Yeah. Yeah. You look at the cart and you think, there's no way this is going on these Yeah, bikes. it was it was pretty amazing. We and even took some things out of the cardboard boxes yeah. and packed them in our bags and ditched the, the we packaging. We had 12 packs of soda. We had, um, you know, like half gallons of milk we had eggs we had all kinds of stuff like the variety was there it was bread and eggs so you get into that adventure of figuring out how do i pack bread and eggs on a bicycle and get them home safely (laughs) golden intact we only busted one egg which i think was pretty out of 18 out of 18 that's good that's pretty good um (laughs) and we didn't like totally squash the bread um so i think there was just some creative uses of how to get things on a bicycle and get them home because you have to remember that from the store from Publix to here is seven miles yeah that's five of that is sandy stuff yeah two miles to get to the ferry you cross with the ferry and then you have to ride five miles from the ferry to here and part of it being beach yeah yeah uh, mixed terrain to get it back to the house so yeah part of the adventure it was really fun in fact I was telling Jerry, this was way more fun than I even gave, even give it credit um, originally because we just, every day was different. Every day we did a little bit of something different. There was always the adventure of getting all the stuff on the bike, whether it was stra- strapping a pineapple to the rack on the forks or and using those rubber, you know, yeah. revelate My straps. favorite was the one and three-fourths liter of Absolute on one side and pineapple on the other. <laughs> right. That was so, that was my favorite. That was pretty fun. I guess the point is is that um, you know even with a large group of people like this, we were able to to really keep ourselves well stocked in mm-hmm. um, provisions and food to keep everybody going. I mean, these boys can go through chips. Holy cow! Chips and soda. Chips and soda. <laughs> chips are the one of those things though you don't like, you don't think about, but they take up a tremendous amount of space. Yeah, yeah, for so. not a lot of 
you know, quantity of food, I guess, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So we got pretty good at packing those into the paneers. But, you know, yeah. I, we mentioned several times, I, I've said it and you've said it too, that the we use the Arkell dry light paneers because they're just so darn lightweight and yeah. they roll up into a little roll that's really packable and easy to get in a car. Yeah. But man, we kept those on the bikes and we were using those constantly. Yeah. It's like constantly. it's like the back pocket of your jeans. Yeah. They're just they're just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you couple that with a couple of dry bags, one of them's a huge dry bag. Yeah. Um, that Fabio's chest that you have on the front, which can hold a tremendous amount of stuff, and then some racks and just creative placement. You can carry a lot of stuff. At one point, we used one of the really big dry bag to pack a whole bunch of cold stuff in. Yeah. And get back on that monster run that we did. And that seemed to not only hold the temperature pretty well, because we had all the cold stuff together, and we'd buy a couple of packages of frozen vegetables to use sort of like chuck ice packs yeah. and chuck them in there. But also, we should talk about that cooler backpack thing that you Yeah. Bought. So I don't even know the brand name. It's just something I, my wife and I bought on one of our you know little trips together. It's just a backpack, and it's comfortable. It's insulated, uh, holds its shape really well. Yeah. And, man, we, uh, well, we brought seafood back. And the ice was not really melted. Yeah, we went to a fish market, a local fish market, and bought, gosh, I don't know how many pounds, probably probably nine pounds of fish. And so much so that the, uh, the the cashier did a double take. And yeah, said, Are you she sure? wanted to make sure we knew how much we were spending. But <laughs> we bought about nine pounds of seafood, and it was a mixture yeah. of shrimp and fish the first time we went. second mm -hmm. time was stone crab and fish. We had some scallops in there. And scallops, mm -hmm. yeah. So... We would the first time we put a trash bag in it just in case there was a lot of water. Now this thing's made for cold stuff, so I'm assuming it's probably fine if it gets water in it anyway. But we were just trying to, to kind of safe safety yeah. it up, so we did kind of a trash bag in there, then put some ice, then put the the fish the and fish stuff in and it, shrimp. and then another plastic bag with ice on top. And but and we were gone. Gosh, I don't know, probably probably three hours or yeah. so before on the way back didn't we even eat we went and had lunch yeah we went and had lunch with this bag packed yeah and then we came and back then we went to Publix threw so some was, cheese it was the three top. or four hours I'd say yeah and the ice barely had melted there was maybe a couple tablespoons of water in it so the insulative yeah. value of it's really good it's great and it's like and it's a, comfortable yeah it's like a Coleman or a igloo or something brand yeah. backpack but it's you know big enough probably this tall this big around yeah. roughly you can yeah. wear it on your back you could even honestly use it as a carry-on or a personal item on a flight and then when you because brendan and i've done this gone to hollywood beach or something like that for just a few days and and that could be your bag to take your your lunch and your drinks to the beach with you uh, and then when you're done make sure it's that's kind of like to do the the trash bag keep the odors out and stuff but then you know, on the way on the plane, you can just shove some of your clothes in it or something. Yeah. yeah. It's really so, pretty versatile setup. That worked out to be a really useful thing to have along. Um, we didn't really have a lot of concern, even with a dry bag. We had good luck with stuff staying cold, hamburger meat, eggs, milk. Yeah. That yeah. we worked fine in a dry bag even, sort of throwing some frozen vegetables in there and rolling it up, sealing it up, and then strapping it on the bike. In fact, in that one instance, we put that on the handlebars. Mm -hmm. We strapped this yeah. big pile of stuff. Yeah. Uh, on the handlebars once one of the ogre one time we did it on the racks and stuff so you can come up with all kind of creative things with bungee cords and yeah uh, revelate, revelate straps. straps and yeah we even um 
Well, we did a lot of grilling. You did a lot of grilling. Uh, but uh, we even had some really thick cut pork steaks one night. Those, yeah. And again, those were generous pork steaks. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. the meat cutter did them kind of, we had, we told him we needed nine of them. He kind of did them separately and they packed in pretty nicely in that thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was going to also mention just the fact that, you know, people will bring these carts and things to the beach, which is great. But if you do have a bike that'll, that'll weather the, the terrain with big tires, I use that, you know, because on some of those days we were coming back and didn't really even, uh, didn't need to go to the grocery store. So I packed some things that I might want for the beach because we knew the girls would be on the beach and we'd run into them on the way back. And then I would just stop there and wait until even after sunset because that's when some of the real show starts is the you know after the sun sets and the clouds are fantastic yeah a good day for us would be to leave in the mornings and go out and ride we would have lunch out somewhere and then on our ride back <coughs> we'd kind of come down the beach because we had to do that anyway mm -hmm, mm -hmm. cross over on the ferry we have to come down the beach anyway we just ride down the beach we kind of knew the general area that the the family would be hanging out at yeah. And we just sort of meet up there, and it worked out to be good for sunset time. And then we good were just pictures. a short, short ride back to the house then, or whatever. But you can carry, carry lights, lights and gear and towels, everything. towels, all that stuff. Yeah, so it's it's a good. I'm I'm calling it a, the beach donkey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, so. you know, there's a couple things that we didn't really use a lot, but when you did use them, were handy. I think that Lucy light is one of those things. Like mm -hmm. you talk about items. You can check out this the Lucy Light, and I know a lot of people who are in the sailing world are familiar with the Lucy Lights. They use them as well, but it's just this like inflatable little plastic puff bag, if you want mm -hmm. to call it that, sort of cylindrically shaped, which you kind of blow up. But then in the top of it is a built-in solar panel with a battery and everything in it, and you just set it in the sun, and it'll charge itself up, and then you can turn it on. It's got LEDs in it, and it sort of lights up the little yeah. globe. Becomes a, the little puffy thing becomes the globe. Mm -hmm. That thing, and it just, you deflate it, and it's this it's like thick. like a puck. Yeah, it looks like a puck. It's like yeah. this thick and this big around, and you can throw it in the, in a bag, and it will light up. And I don't know, yeah. what, the, I don't know what the life on it, the, you know, how many hours it yeah. lights up, because we never used it that long. But mm -hmm. just a handy thing you can throw on your bike. Great for anything, for bike packing, for camping. Yep. Anything you're doing, like you mentioned, sailing, it's a great little item. You can so. hang it in your tent, and it's uh, just it's going to light up your tent just fine, you know, to hang out. You can hang it out off. I've seen people hang them off trees. People carry multiple, so they have a couple on each side. Mm -hmm. It's rechargeable in the sun. You don't have to carry batteries or anything. It's not heavy. It's, it's just, it's like paper. It's yeah. So, so it's lightweight. Pretty, pretty fantastic. It's a great thing it to looks put in like, It looks like you could repair it pretty easily if it did get a hole. If you could find yeah. the puncture hole, little clear tape or something probably would do the trick i would think yeah and i think that um it's not yeah the inflatable part really isn't doesn't have to stay like inflated it's just to sort of expand the little globe mm -hmm. thing it seems like yeah. almost yeah. so it's not a big deal i don't think even if it got a little poked hole in it or whatever but yeah it's a neat little item i think it's, i think they're like 15 to 20 bucks on amazon yeah. mm -hmm. they had some specials going for a while had them on sale but it's something you should check out uh if you want something lightweight rechargeable because we're all out there, you know, in some kind of sunlight usually, or some sort of light. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it takes that much to charge yeah. it up. So. Yeah. It's a good item. Yep. So. I don't know. I. Uh, I, I just thought it was a good opportunity to kind of wrap it all up, but. Uh, yeah. You know, I think we learned some things. That's for sure about just the multi-terrain. 
yeah. uh, that we were riding on. Um, and then just using the bikes for something completely different, which was hauling groceries. Yeah. That's not something that I've done ever. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's fun. It really was fun. It worked out though. So, but, uh, I had a question to ask because I, yep. I, I I made some notes here. What's next? Because I know you had talked about doing a review on the ogre you rode for a couple weeks. Yeah, so what's next is I, I want to do a, sort of a quick review on the ogre because it's Jerry's bike. It's first time I'd spend any time on it. Um, a little bit about the bike itself and then about kind of how it's set up currently, the things I liked and didn't like. And again, we all know that with the bikepacking or biking stuff in general, it's all personal preference largely. So whatever's comfortable for you, but... Uh, I wanted to do a review of the Ogre because I think it's, I think it's a great bike, um, but I'm gonna you know work on that next, um, yeah. and then yeah, okay. That's and um, we talked about maybe uh, putting together a a year end kind of review of the Fargo because I've made a ton of modifications to it. It's been a lot of adventures so far. So how long have you, is, has it been over a year? It's been over a year. It? It's actually probably been a year yeah. at about five months, something like that. Yeah. Probably, and I figure I've put in I don't know, at least 2,000, maybe 2,500 miles on the thing. Well, uh, yeah, in one month there, you did uh, 700 miles, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, this past summer. Because you did the bike across South Dakota thing, and uh, that was 500, right? Yeah, yeah, so, it was 502. Yeah, the last so. two miles was, were the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we're gonna do a couple of reviews. I think about different about the bikes a little bit. I think that's coming. I think that if there's one thing that this trip has sort of um, gotten me excited about was just riding these fat, fatter tired bikes, mountain bike style tires. Um, we're running like 2.5s and 2.6 inch tires mm -hmm. on these bikes, and. One of the things just in general that I learned on this trip was just how much fun it was to not be concerned. Number one, the tubeless. Yeah, yeah. How fantastic tubeless has been on this trip. I mean, we've been riding over thousands upon thousands mm -hmm. of broken shells. Bro seashells. Seashells. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you know anything about that, you know how they're sharp and they can be kind of, they can cut tires and stuff we've had yeah. zero yeah, issues cut right there from yeah one. you got one to prove it <laughs> um, yeah. zero issues with flat tires we've ridden through cactus areas yeah, and sandburs. sandbur areas with no problems mm -hmm. we've ridden on blacktop broken glass broken you, glass on the side of the road um, yeah. we all know what some of the sides of the roads are like when you're riding mm -hmm. and we've just had zero issues but i was mentioning this yesterday to jerry that the comfort factor that I think you get out of these wider tire bikes is something I've come to appreciate more and more on this trip. Yes, it's maybe a little slower, more rolling mm -hmm. resistance, all this stuff. We've been having this conversation off and on, but man, there's something really nice about just the flotation. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. riding on sidewalks. We've been riding on a ton of sidewalks with lots of seams and transitions between mm -hmm. curbs and all that stuff. And it's just, they just yeah. kind of float over that stuff and you don't really notice yeah, the bumps and and stuff as much with the wider tire bikes. So I've I've been inspired to even further to to look at you know a potential yeah. tire you know bike with wider tires to do this kind of stuff. It's just it's just yeah. comfortable. I mean, yeah, you still get tired. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's a lot of slogging along because like you say, thirty to forty miles of that with <laughs> with a bunch of ballast is a and, big and, deal. And usually at least ten miles of sand honestly mm -hmm. riding through 10 miles of sand if yeah. you don't think that's gonna affect you yeah 
Try riding through 10 miles. Yeah, you're yeah. you're tired. Yeah. Especially at the, the end of the day when you're yeah. on your way back and you're carrying mm-hmm. 50 pounds of groceries. But Yeah. But out here, it's fun. It's not work. It's just, it was really yeah. fun. We're, you know, it's supposed to be 79 degrees today and it's January the 3rd, so... You know, that does bring me to a thought, though, that, you know, this you got to talk about the, the valves. You got the, the, the Presta and the Schrader valves. And I think the Presta valves are so nice to let air out. You just unscrew the thing and, pss, and it comes yeah. right out. Yeah. But not all of the uh, tire pumps can accommodate that. So you might have to get an adapter. Um, yeah. The, the other Schrader ones are probably more common out there. But uh, it makes me think I need a higher volume pump for these things. You know, if you want to go... Go from sand to tarmac or something. You're really going to have to. Yeah, it's it true. Away. I mean, the pumps that we've been using are the pumps we had previously for other bikes, and they're really more high pressure pumps. I'd say to go to mm-hmm. 90 to 100 psi. Yeah. So they do make some better pumps, possibly for high volume. You know, the high volume style pumps to put air yeah. in these tires because we never really ran over about 30 psi. We no. Went, mm-hmm. Even when we went by the car, like, so we would take the ferry and sometimes go by the marina where our cars par- are parked and get out a big tire pump yeah. occasionally and pump them up. They also do have some of those service points on a few of the trails we were at mm-hmm. that you yeah. could use their pump um, there. But 30 PSI was kind of what we were shooting for on most of those. And then when we were lowering it down, I was checking, like, when I would hook up to, to pump them up with air. It was somewhere between 12 and 15 PSI was what we were kind of running when we were on the sand yeah, yeah. in these tires. And that makes a huge difference, as we talked about in the last podcast. So Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it makes me want to, uh, when we get back, I wanna, I'd like to test ride a, a large version, version of the Fargo because what Jerry has is a medium frame and it feels a little small to me, but I'd like to compare it to a large. And then I'd like to ride a large ECR and see how that feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the far, the far, uh, sorry, the ogre that you have is a large, and that's a that frame size is good for me. It feels like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to check out a couple things and then maybe investigate a bike purchase to to do for this next year of uh, something with big tires, yeah. just for fun. Certainly is a lot of fun hopping off curbs and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, that you, you just don't think about doing in a smaller in the smaller bikes. Yeah. You know, I noticed because uh, I've been going through this because the, the Fargo. But I've noticed on this trip, your your style of riding has been a little more reckless. Yeah, that's why I said you know I could totally become a jerk on a bike like like this with people around because I just yeah. you don't think anything about riding off the sidewalk or into the grass over anything over yeah. anything through anything you don't. We talked about this. You don't worry mm-hmm. about running through a gravelly spot on the side of the road or a yeah. sandy spot mm-hmm. on the side of the road. You know, on the other bikes, we would be more cu- careful about a gravel spot or a sand spot. Mm-hmm. And we've talked multiple times about about your incident of riding on a wet, <laughs> wooden sort of walkway on yeah, one of the trails. Yeah, pedestrian bridge. It just, comes, it just gets so slick. Yeah, and it there was, was like, an incident was like with, ice skating. Yeah, on the, with a skinny tire bike that... <laughs> You know, you can totally lose it. And what's funny is one day we were riding and we came to the end of this area to kind of check out the river. And there were a couple of road cyclists Mm. there and old, I say older, he's probably our age or something like that, maybe slightly older and his wife. And we looked down, this dude has the biggest piece of road rash on his fresh, fresh road rash rash. on his, like kind of the side of his knee with a big old bandage stuck over it with blood, you know, coming coming through the bandage. (laughs) And you knew he had taken a spill yeah. that morning, probably. And he was still happy. Don't oh, he wrong. was loving it, though. He was but, 
snacking and they yeah, were cutting up. But uh, definitely, yeah. he had taken a spill for some reason. I have no idea the story. I didn't want to bring it didn't up because you know you, you don't want to. If it was something that uh, was a negative thing, I didn't want to bring it up and try to like ruin his day or anything. <laughs> yeah. But it was a beautiful setting, and but you could look down. And it made me think that's a probably <laughs> something happened. Either you hit a sandy spot, a wet spot, or something, and yeah. just zip uh, fell yeah. over somehow. Yeah, or maybe he didn't un- unclip. I know, you know. Yeah, who knows? Could have been something. Could have been anything. They had yeah. clipless pedals in the whole nine yards. So, yeah. <laughs> but I guess the point is, is that. I've come to appreciate not thinking as much about the tire and traction problem mm-hmm. with the wider tires because you can just about float over anything with these these tires, and that's a that's liberating. I mean, yeah, you, you, I'm willing uh, willing to give up, I guess, some of the efficiency for the comfort and the mm-hmm. security of riding on them. Yeah. And I think I've heard seen multiple people post about you know if I can ride more comfortably, if my hands don't get numb, if my if my bottom doesn't hurt as bad. If I can stay in the saddle longer and ride longer comfortably, I can make more miles that yeah. way. Then, you know, maybe I'm not going as fast or as efficiently, but maybe I can just stay in the saddle longer. And maybe that's how I accomplish my mileage for the day as opposed to the guy who gets there faster and more efficiently, mm-hmm. but with skinnier tires. So, yeah, I think everything's a compromise. That's yeah. the thing you learn. There is no perfect bike. It's just what you want to do with it. So. Yeah preferences yeah yeah what else you know that's probably all i had sort of really uh really put together as far as my thoughts on the end of the end of the trip if you look back on 2019 what do you think the highlights were for your biking in 2019 well this is among them this real this island cycle was really among them for sure yeah um and riding across south dakota was really just uh, it was phenomenal it was just uh too it was a real confidence booster because I had kind of built up miles and, you know, but you just don't really know until you dive in and do a long ride. Like it was about, I don't know what, 60 or 70 miles a day averaging and some hills, some sun, some headwind, but it wasn't the most hilly ride a person can do, but it was my first major undertaking. And it and, was a uh, solid, was it seven days? Seven days, no rest. Yeah. And no a rest Solid days. seven days riding mm-hmm. 70 Average of 70 miles per yeah. day. Some 100-mile days, right? There was one that one, was, I believe, it was 94 or okay. something like that. A 94-mile day. But long days mm-hmm. on a bike consistently, that's something that we don't often do. Yeah. You get a commit. you got to really free up your schedule if you're able to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm very lucky I was able to do that. And, um, and I did a one-day 50-mile ride in the St. Louis area. They called the Tour de Wildwood. It's just pretty hilly. Mostly road bikes, and then there's me on this big steel frame monster tire thing, <laughs> huffing up these hills and having a blast, just sweat running off me. It was, it was crazy, but I had a blast. Yeah. I really did. Um, but I tell you what, I mean, it's hard to choose because everyone was a little different, but we went back to, uh, to Kentucky and did some, some hammock camping. That was fun. Yeah, that was good. Um, there's videos out there about that on, on my channel if you've not watch those we that was a that was a a hard ride for me because i was not in shape um not prepared didn't prepare for anything and then some pretty aggressive i i joked around about them being goat trails they were paved but they're goat trails like i mean it was like yeah yeah lots of hills and all of a sudden it would be this 
this narrow. I mean, I don't know how you can get two cars on these roads. Yeah, like almost um, like single track paved. <laughs> yeah, sort of it was weird. Yeah, it was a bizarre little place. But. but I still had fun on that ride, and we did hammock camping, which I had never done before, mm-hmm, which was mm-hmm. really pretty pretty fantastic, Yeah, uh, yeah. as we've talked about in the previous podcast. Yeah. But you, you kind of learn what to look for and what what, what won't work. Like you've got to have campsites with trees, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Which is well, not, talk about being unprepared. We didn't even research that when we... Totally <laughs> so just we had a, winging it. We had a couple uh-oh moments where we, we didn't have a place really to stay. It was kind of funny. Yeah. So, I mean, that was... I, I didn't do much riding this year like that, though, so I can't really say that I have a, a year in review or best highlights because I didn't do hardly any riding this year. It was one of those weird... Years with business stuff, work stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. um, where we just <clears throat> didn't get away like we did historically. But I'm, I'm looking forward to 2020. If I look forward at 2020, what do you think about? Well, I want to just add something that I did with the South Dakota trip. I, oh, yeah. I coupled that to a fundraiser. It's easy to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this one was for the month of, I think, was it June? <clears throat> there was a called a, a Great American Cycle Challenge or something. And it, it goes to a, a foundation that puts money toward pediatric cancer research but you can find items like that and then just whatever ride you're going to do um if it, if it coincides with one of these fundraisers that are pretty open-ended um you can add that to whatever you're doing and really give it some extra meaning and, and support a great cause um and it generates a little bit more buzz on the social media folks kind of checked in on my progress in june because of that yeah um it wasn't a huge following, but it's 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 something that I think that adds a dimension to those things. No, it's so, a great point. Yeah, uh, whatever we end up doing, I would like to try to work something like that in. Yeah, yeah. I would love to come back to Florida and do the uh, the Atlantic coast, go down the Keys. We talked yeah. about Alligator Alley. Uh, yeah, biking across Alligator Alley or something. Yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful down here. I mean, one thing about it, we talked about this too, that it's mostly flat. There are a few hills and places, but I mean, it's not mm-hmm. mostly flat, very cycling friendly. There's a lot of cyclists yeah. here, a lot of, a lot of, uh, bike paths and a lot of, uh, bike lanes yep. available, a lot of trails down here that you can take advantage of. And the weather obviously is beautiful in the wintertime. Now the summertime, it's going to be hot and humid. Yep. And, yeah. But, You'll pay for it there. But yeah. You don't have to go far to get some refreshments too. I mean, you know, there's always... It's always a little place to sit down, have lunch, a drink, and listen to someone play some music, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, things in 2020 that we've talked about doing the the bourbon bike burn again. Yeah. The Kentucky bourbon yeah. tri- uh, ride that we did a couple years ago. That fills that up. Fun. You sort of have to yeah. get so, on that early. and book We'll that. probably get an email about it when, it when it opens up for registration. But I'd like to do that again because we had fun at that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Lots of people gathered mm-hmm. there. You have... Mostly road cyclists, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you and I showed up last time with not with just regular old bikes. So yeah. you can go with anything, and they're they're very open. They, but yeah. it's good good support. Sag stops the whole nine mm-hmm. yards if you're into that. Yeah. Kind of um, you camp in one area and then do day rides out from there for a couple day, two or three days. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited about doing that again, and I think I'd like to do. I'd like to see us bike across the Katy Trail. Again all the way yeah we've talked about doing Mm -hmm. that for a while and include the rock island spur maybe yep so in essence that's all the way across the state of missouri yep now this last year we had issues with the katie trail having closures due to flooding and all kinds of stuff and we don't know 
what the status of that is officially as it is right now. But I'm anticipating that they'll be working on getting that cleaned up for this yeah. next year. But I'd like to do that. Yeah. That's a, you know, that's probably 300 miles with a new spur. With the spur and stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've talked about a couple distant places. Uh, I've, I've had my eye on Texas. Uh, right. Big Bend National Park, and there's a Big Bend State Park that has a couple different features for bike packing and camping. I think would be really fun. Yeah, we've talked about doing maybe something like that at the end of February, Marchish time frame, mm-hmm. um, yeah. fitting something like that in. We've also talked about there's a uh, kind of a Texas Hill Country route yeah. which goes around, around Austin. Uh, Austin. Yeah, there's a there's kind of a circle around Austin that lots of folks talk about is just beautiful. It's a good ride. It is hill country though, so mm-hmm. you know you yeah. want to be ready for hills. So yeah. I've got some work to do. Um, yeah. Other well, than that, knows? yeah, it could be lots of stuff, but we, you know, we'll certainly keep everybody updated and on what's happening. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for following along with another episode. We'll have this up on YouTube and on all the podcast locations, and we will see you again probably in Missouri this next time, though, because we're wrapping up Florida. Yep, that's it. All right, see you later. <laughs>